Warning, this episode of State of the Revolution contains descriptions of disturbing and graphic violence. If you're adverse to that sort of thing, you'll want to check out a different episode. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to... Come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, "Well, you're too busy." He said, "No, no." He says, "We've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq." This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, "We're going to war with Iraq. Why?" He said, "I don't know." <laughs> he said, "I guess they don't know what else to do." So uh, I said, "Well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to Al Qaeda?" He said. No, no. He says there's nothing new that way. They've just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Matthias Brimmer. Alex Sahori. Ross Fisher. As we tape this, it is Monday, May 27th, and thank you for joining us this week. Please make sure you subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Give us a like on Facebook at Michigan Progressive. And you can also help support this show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. Now, uh, happy Memorial Day. Today, we remember and honor those who have died serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. And we'll be doing that by ranking the monsters responsible for the conflicts and traumas that have killed them. That's right, folks. On this week's episode, we're going through a single elimination bracket of America's worst war criminals. I would like to uh, say a thank you to your service for all of the Pornhub freaks of the week that came out of the military. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Right. Thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you for your service. So, <laughs> so we've got 16 players competing through four rounds to decide who is the most hellish fucking ghoul to wield the power of American empire on this planet Earth. So if you'd like to play along, get your brackets, get your pens, and get ready for the first matchup of round one, the 16th seed against the first seed, which is Edward Gallagher versus Henry K -K 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 Kissinger. Ooh. 
I'm gonna Man. I'm gonna throw a guess out here. Amanda I'm gonna Gale say that uh, Gallagher's going down in this round. <laughs> um, he might as well just be like a six year old Cambodian child at this point because Henry Kissinger is just gonna wreck his day. Yeah, there's a reason Henry Kissinger is the one seed. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this would be like a ridiculous upset. This is like Duke versus you know the team that no one's heard of. In, in, uh, like this it's like is, a little league team, yeah. Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Michigan State yeah. fans. Well, Ross, the boss, start us off. What do we need to know about Eddie Gallagher? All right. So Eddie Gallagher, um, he enlisted in the U.S. military um, in 1999, and he served for 19 years with uh, eight overseas deployments um, involved in both uh, the Iraq war and the war in Afghanistan. Um, And... I uh, was trained as a medic, sniper, and explosive expert. His nickname among um, fellow soldiers is Blade. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the the vampire. I, I, apparently, I'm not sure there wasn't I any context. I love these people. <laughs> They're just so. Uh, um, they really do think that they're playing modern warfare. <laughs> so creative with their nicknames. Yeah, yeah, they have this guy. Um, so Gallagher um, has been accused of a number of offenses during his um, final deployment to Iraq, uh, especially during the Battle of Mosul. Um, the most prominent offense I found was um, he's accused of um, stabbing a um, military like, uh, captive um, to death. Um, basically, you know, they had this... Um, this combatant that they had detained and Gallagher allegedly said over the radio, he's mine, walked up to the medic um, and prisoner without saying a word and stabbed the prisoner repeatedly with his hunting knife. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so, well, not the nickname. Yeah, um, he's like Rorschach. Yeah. <laughs> <God. laughs> um, and then he's also been accused of during his sniper work to just uh, have indiscriminately fired at targets uh, for his own entertainment that he that were not actual targets. Um, okay, I have a question. Yeah. I don't know if this is, is this the American sniper. No, no this is not. That's Chris, Chris Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, yeah Chris okay. Kyle, who maybe could be an honorable mention. Um, he was. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> All operators have the uh, ability to just shoot indiscriminately at civilians. I mean, I would hope so. Jesus Christ, that's their what, right. What are they doing otherwise? Yeah, and so. Yeah, Gallagher, yeah, among his, like, fellow soldiers is just known as this guy who is always a little bit, you know, maybe took things a little bit too far. Uh, <laughs> just uh, a little just bit. Just a little bit. Uh, Blade. A few, a few times. Uh, and Blade really takes things, like, I mean, yeah. he takes the joke literally. <laughs> <laughs> he really does, yeah. And he's come to a lot of pro- uh, prominence lately because um, on March 30th, President Trump, um, he's, he's, on, he's out right now, like, uh, being charged with a lot of these crimes that he um that he committed um and um president trump intervened and ordered that gallagher was transferred to less restrictive confinement um i guess he was you know upset that this that blade was um 
you know, yeah, not well, having a fun time. And he, he understands that uh, these aren't uh, these aren't innocent civilians that he was he was killing. These are these are vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Drum knows the truth. But, yes, uh, these are yeah. Islamic yeah. style vampires. <laughs> and a lot of people are pressuring Trump, including Rep. Duncan Hunter, to pardon Blade if he is ever. Um, convicted so that's something that's you know on the horizon that's been a potential um after after his um after his trial so yeah i mean this guy is like one of those you know i'd say top five you know like i'm sure of all or i mean iraqi soldiers you know in terms of like you know most murderous like you know horrible individual soldiers um you mean like u.s soldiers yeah i would say yeah he's probably like i mean at least of the known you know the ones that have got you know gotten caught he's i'm sure close to the top of the list well he was uh uh, he was turned in by his fellow soldiers wasn't mm -hmm. it yeah yeah there's numerous like witnesses that testified against them for all these different things Mm -hmm. um um so yeah i mean that's i mean i think you know he's he's uh, you know that's definitely a 16 seed, but is still, I mean, in my mind, like he's sort of like, I don't see him at the same level as the policymakers who allow him to like unleash blade and let him just go. <laughs> unleash just the lag. blade. Yeah, and, and like, yeah, he wouldn't probably be as, you know, I'm sure he would just be committing crimes in the U S if he, you know, wasn't, uh, He'd just he be a run-of-the-mill murderous police Yeah, he'd just be a serial killer. It'd be, you know, it'd be fine. Um, but, uh... Was he one yeah. of the Blackwater contractors, or was he, like, actually U.S. military? He was an actual U.S. military. He was a soldier. Okay. And he also got... He was awarded, um... I believe... <clears throat> oh, yeah, he was awarded two bronze medals uh, during his service. So, um... I guess... Some thought he was Did he get like doing a great job, like scratch or something when he stabbed that teenager? He got a purple heart for it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I got on on Blade. Okay. Um, yeah. Should I move on to? Uh, oh yeah. The, what about the K Man? The K Man. <laughs> okay. So. Hey, okay. Dog. So Kissinger is. Uh, he's tough. There's a lot of there's a lot to go through with. First of uh, all, should be dead. Like, how is yes, he still alive? He's 96 years old. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how he's still. I have alive. a theory. Evil people honestly just live forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have a theory that uh, another like a another li- like another month gets added to his life every time like a Vietnamese child steps on an unexploded landmine. Oh, I love that. Oh, okay. yeah, that, is, that is probably that, true. That actually. is sounds accurate. Yeah, we were talking about this yeah. uh, a little while ago, and you just imagine him in, like a dark room with like a fireplace, and just like there, old as can be, and then like across the world, some like seven year old steps on a landmine, and then and then Kissinger just feels it <laughs> coursing through his veins, just the sheer power <laughs> of the of the lost soul that has now been transferred to his body. Yeah. Yeah, that's well. Tell, that's tell, tell us more <laughs> okay. about Kissinger, Ross. <laughs> okay, <laughs> who was he? What did he do? Okay, okay. So Henry Kissinger was a was the um, national security advisor um, and later Secretary of State under Presidents Nixon and Ford. Um, so um, he is sort of famous for his foreign policy philosophy called uh, Realpolitik, which is basically 
in a nice way of describing it would be um, a political approach based on um, consideration of circumstances as opposed to moral or ethical considerations. So um, essentially just cool. you, you know, <laughs> using your circumstances as an excuse to be a war criminal essentially would be a better, I think, definition for that. Yeah, it's not less fancy, though. Um, <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's like gonzo foreign policy. <laughs> I think he sounds like a cool dude. What do you guys know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. This is a man whose foreign policy is pretty much just... I mean, while out, you know. Mm. You know he's mm-hmm. he's a good guy because he's he's bipartisan. You know, both Democrats and Republicans like him, so he's got to be good, right? Of course, both parties. Yeah, he's just middle of the road yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. He he won a fucking peace prize, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Um, Thank yeah, God. He did. Um, oh yeah, well, yeah. He. I'm trying to. Say, I had a note about that. I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I know. I know he has won a similar, like, an award like that. Um, but when, so Nixon was elected in '68, and part of his campaign promise was to get out of Vietnam. And when, when, once he gets in office, um, that's not really that doesn't really end up happening. And he, Nixon and Kissinger had a very close relationship. Um, really, um, yeah, it was one of the few people that you know Nixon. Really, you know, trusted on a lot of on a lot of um, issues, and so Kissinger is one of his most, probably the most, I'd say, famous thing he's famous for is um, the decision to bomb Cambodia, um, and that was under that was the stated reason for that was to prevent North Vietnamese attacks from uh, the. Yeah, coming across the border of Cambodia into Vietnam, so they unleashed this massive bombing campaign. Uh, estimates um, of deaths are up to 150,000 Cambodians were killed in, in those bombings. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, that's just the bombings alone, and so those bombings also <laughs> led to the rise of the Khmer Rouge, um, who, uh, under like Pol Pot, took power, and then is that led to the killings of millions of, of people, the most brutal... Um, dictatorships in the history of the world so uh, you can thank um, our pal Henry for getting that started um, and then uh, he also um, he was support he, he um, was really instrumental in the US uh, support for Pakistan in the Bangladesh Liberation War in 1971 um, Bangladesh was fighting um, to break they were at that time part of East Pakistan and were trying to break off they had a lot of leftists um, that were kind of coming to power and Kissinger was um, supporting Pakistan and, re- and was quoted on really saying that he wasn't um, really concerned with the deaths of all of the um, the people in Bangladesh, it was maybe possibly a humanitarian problem. Um, not a problem that the U.S. needed to be concerned about, though. Um, and so... Yeah, then, we don't really concern ourselves with humanitarian issues. <laughs> right, no. Uh, and so then we also move, if we move into South America, um, oh, Christ. we were, that was, you know, there was a lot of involvement in that region at the time. Um, probably most famous is... Um, Chile with Salvador Allende coming to power um, in the early 70s. Um, the U.S. and Kissinger hated him because he was nationalizing aspects of their economy that the U.S. had a stake in. Um, they were um, along, Kissinger along with the CIA helped um, support the coup that put um, 
Pinochet in power in Chile. Um, and then he's also supported the um, military um, removal of Isabel Perón in Argentina around the same time. So um, I've got those two, and those both led to you know numerous deaths and brutal military um, regimes. And then, I mean, it's really... The, it just keeps going. Yeah, it just keeps going. going. <laughs> it's just all aspects of the world. It's like he doesn't... There's not really one part of the globe where he didn't, you know, have some... Just like sort of, genocide of penguins yeah, in Antarctica. Yeah, it, I think the biggest thing about Kissinger is, like, the reach around the entire globe during his time and, like, the decisions he was making. It's just so broad in scope that that's why I think it makes him number one. Do you, do you think that it would be fair to say that Henry Kissinger is at least in some... A decent part, one of the architects of the current foreign policy situation that we're in. I would say, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. I think, um, I'm sure he's, you know, his philosophy has been an inspiration to people like John Bolton and other, you know, other and other. I mean, probably I'm sure Rumsfeld. I'm sure was I'm close sh- by. Him. I'm sure that John Bolton thinks that uh, Kissinger is like a pansy interventionist. Right. Yeah, that's true. He's, yeah. He's like oh, this this isolationist. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I guess they're just like taking his. He doesn't want to airdrop tanks into a school. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is he, he has this like. I mean, he, it's, it's amazing how much respect he still gets on from Democratic Party officials. I mean, Hillary Clinton was always talking about how much she respected him and how she would seek his advice on things. Dude, and, he gets asked to speak yeah. at so many mm-hmm. things. It yeah. is astounding. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So, yeah, I mean... And I, yeah, I guess the current... I mean, a lot of the current U.S. foreign policy is, is just even... goes even further, like, what their aims are than probably he'd be wanted to do. But, I mean, his sort of, uh, you know, obsession of squashing communism at any cost in any place and time in the world and do anything that, and there's no real moral and ethical considerations if you're faced under, with the circumstance of a communist uh, regime potentially coming to power, all bets are off, do what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, um, I think, yeah, that's definitely influenced a lot of people. No yeah. holds barred. Yeah. Do you have anything about how uh, Kissinger's, like, super horny all the time? <laughs> Wait, excuse me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, his, oh, no. His, uh, my favorite, I, my favorite Kissinger this. quote is, like, the best aphrodisiac oh, is power. I do remember that. I do yeah, remember I did hearing read that, about yeah. that. That is... Mm. So maybe this is all just... It's some... Bizarre. Dude, he's just a oh, horny dude, yeah, and he knows that you know power that he gets just needed to take out the all ass. these dictators, uh, all implement all these dictators in order to. Uh, yeah, I know that yeah. I say this frequently, but you know Freud was right. It's all just psychosexual. Oh. I'm not <laughs> yeah. kidding. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I do. I do have one more uh, area I want to get Henry to. Henry Kissinger was just a fucking. You know, he was an info. One more Ross. One more. He was really. He was just really pissed off at Vietnam because he like caught something in a brothel there once or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get you back, you giant bench. bimbo. It's like uh, BDSM is like. Um, um, Bomb, destroy, siege, and mangle. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, The last one I mentioned is um, he supported the arms arms sales to Indonesia during their invasion of uh, East Timor. Um, In yeah, this was later in the seventies, where those leftist government that 
came to power there. Um, and there was hundreds of thousands killed in that in that conflict. So, well, there we are. Kissinger is going to be very, very difficult to compete with here. And when he finally passes away in a million years, he'll be leaving leaving behind quite the legacy. <laughs> he's he's going to spend like the latter half of his life fighting over the oil that our bones create. <laughs> I mean, to this day, he's like uh, censoring, um, you know, social media at the Atlantic Council, like just dude, don't doing totally crazy shit. Still, hell yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, who, who wins the first? Who, who wins the first match? I think it was unanimous, right? Unanimous. Yeah. Henry Kissinger. I yeah. think Henry Kissinger throws Blade out of the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. The K Dog's a real one. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on to our next matchup of the first round. Wait, K Hole. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> We've got our number nine seed Eric Prince versus our number eight seed George Tenet. All Zach. Right. Tell us what we need to know about Eric Prince. Oh, <laughs> he's, so, he's so upset. He's oh, party foul. <laughs> wah, wah. He's uh, he's a bastard. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, like literally, he, or are you just like using a pejorative? Like John Snow. He comes from uh, very wealthy parents and uh, who has were very privileged who life. Definitely married. Um, who actually called him his like nickname? Like they called him Prince, like when he was younger, which is just like absolutely disgusting. Oh <laughs> and he spells his fucking name with a K. Dude, I um, love that so much. Not, anyways, the, not yeah. the K. The K pisses me he, off. Uh, the, so the he got to start um, kind of like early in like political. Uh, he interned for uh, George H.W. Bush. Um, and then shortly after got involved in like the in, enlisted in the military uh, and served as a Navy SEAL from 92 to 95. Um <clears throat> Immediately after that, he thought that the Yugoslavian wars weren't, like, destructive enough. Um, <laughs> so, like, we need private contractors. And so he started Blackwater in 97. Um, proceeded to receive, like, billions of dollars from the U.S. government to um, murder people in Iraq. Uh, one of the big, like, the most known and notorious things from Blackwater was the uh, Nusor, uh, I might be mispronouncing that, Square Massacre. Uh, happened in September of 2007. Um, in all, there was 145 people killed uh, and 74 injured. Um, 17 were killed by the uh, Blackwater um, people. Basically, what happened is they had a, a convoy came up and uh, they spooked and um, uh, the <clears throat> the um, Blackwater people fired shots in the air, and the Iraqi police threw uh, tear gas containers, and the uh, Blackwater mistook them, mistook them for oh, Muslims, uh, <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for grenades, and uh, just started like opening fire indiscriminately, and then the Iraqi police returned fire, and it was just like a brutal, like just massacre, basically, um, children, women, like you know, since civilians. Just um, in fact, it was so bad that uh, Blackwater. Uh, was banned from the uh, state of Iraq within 24 hours of the incident. Um, they actually had charges uh, for four people, three manslaughter and one murder. Um, yeah, so it was, it was... Did any of those get pursued? No, they actually were all convicted. Um, 
but our president is currently uh, pardoning a couple of them. Cool. Um, because they did nothing wrong. And actually, badass. one of them, yes. um, I don't remember the exact <laughs> it, it was one, very but, badass uh, what you did. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the highest kill streaks in American history. Okay. Such a handsome man. Look at this guy. Brilliant. So great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean awful awful things that they did and i mean they like they, they've had like appeals to like uh republican supreme uh, courts and stuff like that and it's just like they're like no we can't there's <laughs> these are like too hard to overturn but yeah they're doing who would have, who would have thought party. that like a privately owned military like a privately owned uh military contractor with little to no oversight would be a bad idea <laughs> yeah i mean what could every... possibly go wrong <laughs> All of the dukes in Germany in the Thirty Years' War. Well, and that was a, that was a uh, interesting thing about it too. Is that uh, of the two billion contracts, so they have like two different types. They have like um, like classified contracts and unclassified. Whereas unclassified, there's more like scrutiny of like what the um, people are doing by the military services. Whereas unclassified, they don't have the same level of scrutiny because they can't scrutinize what they're not allowed to see. Um, so there was 1.6 billion of the two billion dollars was um, classified work. What are they called now? He changed it, isn't it? Isn't it like, um, yeah. Well, he actually, he so in two thousand, he led from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand nine, and then two thousand nine, he stepped down and became like uh, he just sat on the board for another year, and then he sold it. Uh, and yeah, now it's called um, it's like starts an I. It's like Acme. It's like Acme, but it's not quite that. But yeah, yeah. So it's basically so that they can get back into Iraq, which they've officially done now, as they've gotten back into Iraq. But uh, Eric Prince, although he still doesn't own Blackwater, he's still advocating um, <clears throat> for a number of things. Um, cool. He's uh, wrote in uh, articles talking about how we need to have Blackwater or Blackwater-like <laughs> companies in Venezuela um, mm, to help yes. with the conflict there. <laughs> um, so uh, he talked about uh, incorporating them in Iran as well. So, um, yeah. And, Classic. Uh, his, uh, I mean, this is kind of a, I would say little known, but I think oh, okay, almost everyone knows it now. Uh, his... Um, my sister-in-law is Betsy DeVos. So I'm just, like, waiting for, like, Betsy DeVos to, like, her next solution to school I shootings is, like... I three of my yachts to Blackwater. <laughs> I'm uh, to huge anti-air cannons. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for uh, Betsy DeVos to uh, to fix school shootings by implementing Blackwater in schools. Oh, oh my God. Uh, it's only a wow. matter of time okay, before but, it happens. But that, that is actually going to happen. That is, That's going to happen for that real. Is the next step of the war crimes coming home we're seeing it at the border now and you know the next step is you know putting it onto the uh civilian population so yeah, i don't schools. doubt it. we got to keep these kids safe yeah. fucking hell all right well uh let's move on to uh number eight seed mr george Tennant. go ahead okay, george Tennant, uh cia director 1996 to 2004 when he resigned Amid, uh, you know, the Iraq war getting just worse and bad, um, he is considered to have by by an indiv- by an investigation that we did into ourselves. He was considered <laughs> to have the sole and ultimate responsibility not sole he did not have the sole but he has ultimate responsibility for the total lack of any preparation or or or, or anything that could have 
stopped 9-11 from happening, they were pretty much like, yeah, this guy did not do shit. Um, and, you know, he was... He oversaw a lot of the terrorist acts of... Or not the terrorist, the torture acts uh, that happened in Iraq, which, you know, I mean, I don't know if you want to go into that now or later, um, because there is just endless amounts of shit to talk about there. You can go into it a bit. Um, okay, so to to be very sensationalistic, Abu Ghraib, total fucking uh, disaster. I mean, in, in, in every sense, even if you're just like some fucking idiot politician who's like, oh, gee, this is going to make us look really bad in the country that we're raping. Um, so just today I was looking through the photos and just every time that I see them, there is something new that just disgusts me in a way that I am not prepared for. And yeah. I, uh, when I was doing my research, I I ended up seeing quite a few photos, and they were very, very, very uh, deeply unsettling. Waterboarding, hanging uh, people by their wrists or ankles, um, electrocution, the you know the testicles to the car battery thing. Um, there was this guy who was you know photographed with like someone doing like a thumbs up, who was like you know being uh, threatened with, like, these attack dogs, and they're, like, standing naked with these hoods over them. Um, this person chained up with urine-soaked panties just draped on their face and unable to move. Um, prisoners forced to masturbate in public. Uh, anal feeding. Forced anal feeding. Jesus that was Christ. that's actually a Guantanamo thing, um, but you know does does fall into the broader thing of like the whole Tenet, Rumsfeld, Cheney like trifecta of it's not torture if they just think they're drowning, um, or I remember there there was uh, that controversy. <laughs> When well, rage it's not, against it's not, the machine, it's not torture if America does it because yeah. America doesn't torture. Yeah, um, we're the good guys. Yeah, rage against the machine um, was very angry at one point because something had come out that they were playing their music and other loud music at like ear damagingly loud volumes to people just like you know in closet sized rooms, mm. uh, coffin sized rooms. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's really just like fucking endless. You know, you can you can keep drawing the next card and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And and the real thing that is fucked up is that Abu Ghraib was not an isolated incident at all. And and like two people went to actual jail for it. Um, you know, Tenet had no repercussions whatsoever. Um, so yeah, that's who he is. Yeah, I mean, basically, you look at some of those pictures from Abu Ghraib, and like they they're they're reminiscent of like concentration camps, as far as like like human testing, basically, like in yeah. terms of like how much can we put these people through? 
Like, no, it literally brutal. what happens there. And I was thinking about this on on the way over here um, about uh, Milai, the massacre um, in Vietnam. You know, these are things that like are pretty much uh, relegated to, you know, like watching some film about like Idi Amin or 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 you know like um like blood diamonds or like you know so, some like country in Africa where just like warlords mm. or, or you know like so people with guns can just come up to the village and be like, okay everyone get out and you just get like fucking massacred for no reason i mean like that's what we do right now you know yeah like you know like uh in that you know the first round we had uh, Gallagher and Henry Kissinger and like that's like the difference between like um you know a, a professional war criminal and a not so professional is the fact that the professionals never face any consequences for their actions you know mm-hmm. and and a lot of these people also it is worth mentioning that a lot of these people never actually commit commit in quotes any crime themselves any of these, you know, the physical torturous acts or the murders, but they, you know, all of these people are instrumental in allowing, you know, this broader war machine to continue to do its thing. And, you know, to a certain extent, I think that the the actors are kind of unimportant, but at the same time, you know, like Henry Kissinger, uh, you know, the ripples from the things that he helped, uh, you know, make happen, they're going to last through to the end of our lives, at least. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the worst you do, like the least likely it is that you're going to be prosecuted. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it generally correlates to, like, the amount of power you have, too. Um, so let's... that's what Michael Cohen tells his clients. <laughs> so what do you guys think, Eric Prince? Eric or... Prince or George Tenet? That's really difficult. I'm ambivalent. I'm a, I'm a tenet on this yeah. One. yeah, I am too. I mean, Tenet is Eric, uh, Eric Prince is evil, but yeah, um, honestly, particularly because he spells his name with a K. It's like he does the bidding of Tenet is like the big thing too. I yeah, mean, like a lot of the CIA contracts that the Blackwater was getting was from. The CIA. So it's like it's like you're talking about like they you know like these people weren't necessarily like you know Blackwater's doing the acts, yeah. but these people are are the ones that are driving it and like, yeah, sending, implementing it and like sending for the it. orders. Yeah. 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 So yeah, okay. I'll vote that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we're gonna move on to the next matchup. We've got our number twelve seed Lyndon B. Johnson versus our number five Robert McNamara. Um, Matthias, it's back to you with uh, with Johnson. Okay, I'm gonna skim through this. LBJ. President November 1963 after JFK's assassinated um, to 1969 when he declined to run for a second term. Um, He was the less enthusiastic half of McNamara and LBJ's uh, Vietnam policy, but did uh, pursue a... uh, saber-rattling, if you will, uh, bombing campaign called Rolling Thunder um, that 
lasted three years, is largely considered inconsequential to the actual war effort, and killed between 30 and 182,000 civilians in North Vietnam um, to, to very little effect, largely speaking. Um, you know, and then the, in, in 19, like, you know, before the war was even over in, uh, 67, there were 70,000 plus dead soldier, American soldiers, you know, 300, 400,000 people, uh, at least half of whom were just drafted straight out of high school. Um, and, you know, thinking about that tweet thread that you were talking about the other day, it's like, oh yeah, the U.S. Army one lives are totally ruined you know Mm -hmm. you get drafted out of high school and you get sent into a combat situation the number of veterans that i've met who have had problems with heroin or alcohol uh it's astounding and actually very fucked up you know Um, what matthias is referencing is like a few days ago the u.s the u.s army tweeted how has your service impacted you and just all the replies, man, everyone fucking went in on them with all of their stories. And it was all fucking heartbreaking, man. It was ridiculous. You know, like, I even heard, you know, I even I even read someone's story about their town, like, is very, very heavy for military recruitment. Like, you know, these recruiters will go into schools and parents in this town will try to dissuade their kids. Like, hey, no, this isn't, this isn't good. This is a bad idea. But a lot of them end up falling for it. So many of these people commit suicide, too. It's like... It's pretty fucking nuts. Um, and, you know, there there are just two little things here. Um, one is that I think that LBJ, when I was reading about him, I was kind of like, you know, this guy I feel like is much more part of something that I think a lot of Americans, you know, this this attitude of like, well, we have to do something. Um, and... You know, I I don't know. I I think that that's worth questioning. It's like, do you have to do something? Like, when is it bad enough that you actually should do something? Like, and by do something, I mean go in with soldiers. You know, is there a situation where that is bad enough? Probably. There's probably a situation. I'm not going to try and define that. Um I'm sure as I want. You know, like, and 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 that's the thing is, it's like, you know, how bad is bad enough? I don't know, but it's somewhere. There is there is a point. Um, okay, now much more importantly, Lyndon Johnson loved his dick. And I was hoping you were going to say true, something yeah. about this. And, and he nicknamed it Jumbo, and <laughs> would would when when he was going to the bathroom and like pissing at a urinal, he would frequently, if someone walked into the bathroom, turn around after he was finished and wag it at them, and say, "Have you ever seen something as big as this?" Um, he would he would also stop. He would also just like piss outside, like on the white house like you know the in like at the quarter of the parking lot or whatever just <laughs> like you know the, the man had to go um shit with the bathroom door open a lot too with like secure like secret service just outside like i heard that was like a thing i would absolutely believe that but um i'm pretty sure he took a shit like right in front of like the press once yeah like outside yeah like he was a very not 
he was he was he didn't care about his body. Let's put it that way. He did not care. But he cared very much. Oh yeah, Jumbo. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. He, beloved he, Jumbo. he very much he very much uh liked uh keeping a clean penis because he had a uh, a shower spout installed into the shower that would directly <laughs> shoot water at his dick. Jesus Christ. Okay, we got to we got to move on here. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ross, okay. uh give us the rundown okay. on McNamara. Okay, so Robert McNamara was the Secretary of Defense under um both presidents Kennedy uh and Johnson. Um so he was actually in the private sector uh, prior to um, working in government. Uh, he's actually had just been tapped as president of Ford um, when Kennedy tapped him to be secretary of defense. Um, he was known as this management genius, so it didn't matter what, you know, his previous, it even didn't matter that he didn't have government experience. He looked um, like a fucking nerd. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so... That hair is not getting any more slicked back. <laughs> no, it is not. And he was quoted as, or he's as telling Kennedy he didn't know anything about government, but Kennedy said he didn't know what he was doing either, so it was fine. Does um, anyone know what so, they're doing? Yeah, I guess they don't. Yeah, but we all know, you know, there's a great track record of people being involved in business. Oh, hey, you make cars? How about you be Secretary of Defense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What a different world. We would live in if if Robert McNamara was just some guy that like made the assembly line go faster. That's what he was <laughs> up to up until that point, you know. And then we we bring, you know he gets brought into the secretary of you know defense well, position, and then so his so overall philosophy that he had in terms of like foreign policy and war was that he did not want to be as aggressive or as blatant as previous presidents were and going into into all war originally he favored um and like a more limited non-nuclear warfare but (laughs) basically subverting other democracies across the world he was fine with you know do guerrilla warfare all these other sort of less Blatant, but the still whole very the whole deadly, like yeah. proxy wars of the Cold yes. War. Yeah, doing yeah. letting other people do. Well, the it's good to see that we yeah. draw the line somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> yeah, some, someone has to do it, and it's not going to be us. Yeah. So, um, but then you know, once he gets in the end position, and the Vietnam uh, is becoming more of a concern to the U.S., uh, he increased their. We still have nine hundred troops there, and that became sixteen thousand, um, and then. During the Gulf of, or after the Gulf of Tonkin incident, um, McNamara was um, in charge of presenting the event to Congress and the public. The fake and, event? Yes. So, Gulf of Tonkin, obviously, the fake incident, <laughs> but McNamara, yes, later regret, he regretted this later on. Um, he, they always yeah. do. He's like a, the, what's his name? The. Uh, Colin Powell, how they had him go yes. up in front of the UN. UN. Like, um, oh, they have weapons of mass destruction. They tried to do the same <laughs> like, thing recently in, uh, with Iran, with those uh, Saudi tankers and the UAE tankers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, People really love war. Yeah. They yeah, do. They, they do. do. Yeah. And so, so McNamara, you can really link him directly to like the ramp up towards Vietnam. Um, so he's really one of the 
chief people responsible for us really getting in there. Um, he, he, then we go from 16,000 troops in Vietnam to 485,000 troops by the end of 1967, um, over 500,000 the following year. So... Yeah, I mean, the whole ramp up, the escalation of the war, you can tie it, yeah, he's responsible. Um, and then he had concluded that there were, in his opinion, there was a limited number of Viet Cong fighters in Vietnam and that we could, we could win this war in a war of attrition, so he needed to keep ramping it up. And, um, he actually applied metrics, um, body counts to determine how close to success his plan was because so <laughs> he's a phenomenal so, manager yeah so he's out had his spreadsheets up you know um this kind of sounds like it's like if rick snyder was like the, oh, that would, running I mean, the pentagon it would what else are you going to measure your production on yeah like, it's just like this accountant yeah Yo, okay here's something here's something that i want to talk about for a second these people are really boring this is like a fucking, this is a who's who of the most like evil, but also boring people. It's like, you know, they are slaughtering like hundreds of thousands of children and just like, you know, that they're, they're pretty much turning countries into the movie Hostel. Oh and it's for what, what? It's like, yeah. so that his spreadsheets like add up to like the, uh-huh. a good round number or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, so that you can get a, you know, a Coke for, like, five cents cheaper. I'm sure it goes really well, well like, when you're at the Bohemian Grove, you know. Yeah. We're definitely going towards a Ellie Roth foreign policy. Did you have anything else on McNamara? Um, yeah, I guess the last thing I would say is that he, you know, definitely, you know, you can, like, yeah, you can, you can blame him for getting started in Vietnam and yeah. continuing it. And then he <laughs> left He left in 1968, later regretted all, a lot of the things that he did, but that's that's too late. Uh, he got the Medal of Freedom, too, after he, in 1968. Hell um, yeah. So <laughs> just, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. All right, guys. Is it uh, Lyndon uh, Big Dick Johnson or is it uh, Robert McNamara? You know, uh, President Johnson is a pretty amazing person, but I'm going to have to go with McNamara uh, because of the lead up. I think it's McNamara, no question. Uh, you know, everyone thought that, you know, it was a liberal choice for JFK to uh, pick a civilian to uh, run the Secretary of Defense, but obviously we saw that where that got us. You Fucking know. idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to McNamara on this one. I'm going to go McNamara as well. Well, I guess it's unanimous then. McNamara advances to the next round. Mac Daddy. Mac Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Mac. So uh, in our next matchup, we have our number 13, our number 13 seed, George W. Bush versus number our number 13. four seed, Alan Dulles. And we're going back to Matias here for George W. Bush. What do you got? Okay, George W. Bush fucking rocks. Okay, if I could trade, if I could trade lives, if I could trade lives with anyone in the world, it would be George Bush. And I'll tell you, George W. Bush, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because H.W. looked like fucking Job of the Hut when they wheeled him out there. That was not. That was not great. Um, they like they they pretty much took like his wax statue and just like melted it kind of. Oh, okay. So. W is a graduate of 
uh, I don't, I don't, I think West Point, but like a military school. He was in, he was in the Air Force, allegedly, because he also allegedly only showed up the first day and the last day to get like the, you know, the, okay, you're, you're real troops now. Uh, congratulations. He did not at all. No, nope, not there. Um, instead he was spending his college years, uh, fucking bitches and doing blow literally because, uh, you know, they had to, they, a, a, a DUI charge went away that, uh, included him just like driving a hot rod through someone's hedge. Which is awesome, you know. We love to see it. It's pretty badass. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, George W. Bush went to Yale. Oh well, that's. I mean, that's equally pretentious. Oh, and it's just awful. Like, yeah, it's awful, I yeah. think actually, I'm pretty sure him and his dad were part of the Skull and Bone Society. Yeah, way, yeah. way worse than uh, West Point. Actually, I, I will take like those fucking idiot like want to be an officer in the army. Over like a Yale person any day, holy shit! Uh, but yeah, no. So, so the big thing that I would say George W. Bush did was, you know, I'm I'm honestly going to say I think that it's tied in with 9/11. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out on 9/11. Going to go out on a limb here and say that 9/11 was a big deal for the Bush presidency, um, and, and 9/11 pretty much gave him, um, and largely his administration, because that's the thing is I, I, you know, I don't think that he was. You don't like think he was the, the brains of the operation? I don't think that he was, <laughs> like, the fucking, like, clown, like, the airheaded, like, you know, just face of the operation that people say he is. Like, I think he knew perfectly well what was going on and that they were going into Iraq to clean up the the lack of oil that the first Gulf War had left them with. Um, but... You know, he did spend uh, the vast majority of his presidency uh, making sick drives, uh, you know, inventing words like uh, misunderestimated. And, uh, you know, then he gets to retire and be like a painter and and just paint the the veterans that he sent to, like, get mutilated. And they fucking love it. You know, it. They're like, oh my gosh, sir! I I'm so glad that I can sit for a portrait by a former president, sir. Like, <laughs> holy shit! Can like, first of all, Jeb could never. He would never have lived up to it. Um, and second of all, it's like you know, these people. We we do have an aristocracy in this country. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, you know it's different than in Europe, but. They really do have, you know, like Chelsea and Meghan McCain. These people really do have life handed to them on a silver fucking platter. And this guy pretty much got to play cowboy with the presidency. That you, you're, I think you're on to something there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> All, right. All right, Zach, give us uh, give us a rundown so, on uh, Alan Dulles. Yeah, Alan Dulles, which is. Uh... 
Yeah, there's like not a coup that he is not part of. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like there was like if there's I went party, to his Wikipedia page and like it was like there was a section on coups. Like <laughs> it was uh, it was quite it was quite interesting. So he's the first and longest uh, serving CIA director. Uh, serving from January 1951 uh, up until um, just after the Bay of Pigs uh, invasion, which was a rousing success, as everyone knows. <laughs> love, we love we love the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> um, but uh, so like there was like a little. This is kind of minor, but the U2 incident is something that happened underneath his watch. Um, but the the first big um, coup uh, was the coup in Iran, uh, Operation Ajax, as it was called, um, which was the covert operation that led to the the removal of uh, Mohammed uh, Mossadegh. Um and uh it was it was primarily over the fact that uh they were nationalizing uh the Anglo uh, Iranian oil company which mm-hmm. I love that naming it's just like so like blatantly like there it's like Anglo yeah this is the white Iranian air, like oil company yeah, it's very it's very 1890s yeah yeah very much so Anglo Iranian <laughs> um but yeah, so like we paid um, uh, the mobs there to riot, and we uh, overthrow um, overthrew uh, Mossadegh, the uh, democratic democratically elected uh, ruler, um, replaced him with uh, um, basically continued the uh, replaced him with the Shah, and continued um, and started, I guess, uh, the American policy of implementing right wing dictators. So, and that led to, you know, numerous, um, deaths and, uh, destabilization for Iran and, uh, finally was kind of, uh, gotten rid of, um, with the revolution in 1979, but with a lot of U.S. resentment. And then moving on, there was the coup in Guatemala, um, called Operation PB Success, which is like the most awful name, um, and it was it was the result of a uh, revolution. These people to choose these names, yeah. just uh, children dribble. Uh, it was um, my son thinks we should call it Operation Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Even made a drawing of Winnie the Pooh killing a little you know Muslim kid. My wife packed me a PB and J for lunch, so we called it Operation. <laughs> That's literally what happened. That's what happened. These people are so fucking boring. Oh my god. Like, my wife so we'll packed me a lunch today. Oh my god. It's so funny, John. <laughs> uh, so they had like a revolution in 1944 uh, and the Democratic elected their first uh, leader. Um, that leader implemented a minimum wage, universal suffrage, and land reform that uh, basically took land away from the United Fruit Company and gave it to. Um, uh, peasants that never had land before, um, and like what a the, dick. the uh, <laughs> freshly created UN like declared it like one of land. the um, most uh, like one of the most significant transfers of wealth and power um, to happen um, up to that point in UN history. So it's kind of something, um, but yeah, we couldn't have that in the United Fruit Company, um, who. Alan Dulles was a board member of, uh, lobbied for regime change, and uh, we did exactly that. And uh, it soon followed, like soon following, kind of like in the in the same sense that Pol Pot followed uh, after the Cambodian thing. Uh, there was the Mayan genocide or Silent Holocaust, in which uh, these numbers are really crazy. But between forty thousand and two hundred thousand people died, so um, huge discrepancy there. Um, but it left like uh, two hundred thousand children in the country um, with one parent. And uh, of those 200,000, 25% had lost both. 
Um, he oversaw the Bay of Pigs, which has failed, um, but he still got a medal for, uh, which is crazy. Um, one of the <clears throat> lesser known things that he's known for. These people per- only fail upwards. <clears throat> Seriously, man. It's true. Like, here is your participation medal of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the most notable thing. These that, are uh, people who complain about participation trophies, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, just a side. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> you get a participation trophy. Uh, so... Uh, one of the most, like, I guess, like, n- not many people know about it, but it's really significant, uh, is, uh, it's called Operation Northwoods. Um, and it was Ooh, a, uh, it was a plan that proposed to commit acts of terrorism against American civilians and military targets to justify war with Cuba. What? Um, yeah, yeah. And you can actually look this up. It's, yeah, uh, well, the plan involved, like, uh, U.S. military personnel, like, disguising themselves as Cuban agents and, like, committing acts of terrorism on U.S. soil. Yeah, one of the uh, there who, was there were several plans. One was to uh, invade Miami. Uh, one was to fly a commercial airline jet over top of Cuba and have it shot down. And say oh, that there was. I uh, thought you were going to say a commercial that is airline so... jet into. Well, um, no, but something. I'm sure that um, <laughs> the people did some homework. Anyways, um, communism is really fucking scary, dude. McNamara was uh, <laughs> uh, another co-signer uh, on this uh, on this as well. So, um, where's yeah. Alex Jones when you need him? Right. Oh, Alex <laughs> Jones would have been all over this, dude. It's a false flag attack. Our military is literally invading Miami so that we can go to war with a country that's like the population of Florida or what? I don't know. And uh, if I if I remember correctly, the pretty much the main reason why this plan was never implemented is because JFK said no, fuck that. Yeah, he said no. And in fact, uh, the very next day that it was um, passed <coughs> off on his desk, uh, he was asked to resign. So, like, yeah, JFK definitely did not. This was the reason. Like, he get, he got a – after the Bay of Pigs, he was given a medal. After this, he was literally asked to resign. Um, and then, ironically you enough, up uh, Alan Dulles would later go on to serve on the Warren Commission that oversaw the investigation into JFK's death. So – yeah, that's the that's the right guy you want. Yeah, yeah like on the commission. Definitely. Dulles and uh, Kennedy like hated each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he in fact, just comes into the investigation room and like throws some evidence around, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it looks like uh, pretty straightforward here." <laughs> uh, it was the, it was that plan that um, prompted JFK to uh, have the famous quote that he wanted to take the CIA and shatter it into a million pieces and scatter it into the wind. Um, well, well, it was I really like, fucking like up his presence. Hey, a little bit more now. Yeah. Well, uh, he never did that, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh. All right, guys. So, who wins? Who wins this match? We got George W. Bush versus Alan Dulles, the OG of the CIA. Yeah, I'm going with my boy G. I'm going every Dulles. time. <laughs> Dulles. Jeez, so, this is tough for me. Dulles was also the mentor to George H. W. Oh. Right. So. <laughs> oh. Never mind. I was going to say, so was George Bush. But no, no, he wasn't. He was his son. All right, Zach, so, so you're in for Dulles, Matias. You're in for W. Um, what about what about you, Alex? Ooh, boy, it's tough, but I think I do got to go with uh, Dulles. He definitely innovated uh, covert war crimes. Yeah, I think you don't have to go with Dulles. I think, yeah, just for precedence. 
sake, you know. Without Dulles, you might not have George W. Bush. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, yeah, that's true because, you know, who knows how the cocaine would have gotten through those democratically elected. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> cocaine never would have uh, reached Yale University. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, well, it looks Communism like Alan... Communism will prevent drugs. <laughs> that's another... That's a new pitch we need to try right, out. Right. This, is, this is my... This is my I don't pitch. endorse that statement. Communism equals more drugs. <laughs> and yeah. I'm here for yeah. it. And I think that's a good yeah. thing, yeah. Is, Absolutely, yeah. I endorse drugs. <laughs> You tell you tell like someone who's like eighty year old yeah. like oh yeah no under communism they would definitely get rid of reefer and then like you go to some like six year old who listens to six nine and like little Yachty, and you're like yeah communism means we'll give out Zans to everyone eats for all. everybody yeah eat for you yeah eat for you it's all about the audience yeah all right yeah. well clearly Alan Dulles is advancing to the next round um. Up next, we've got uh, number 11, Gina Haspel, versus number 6, Barack Obama. All right, Alex, what do you, what do you got on Gina? Well, first of all, I just want to uh, thank you. It's my first time on the podcast, oh, first absolutely. time recording a podcast. I'm having a lot of fun. just wanted to say thank you guys so much. Um, thank you. But yeah, thank you for your service, uh, Alex. <laughs> I, I'm not here. Service. I'm not here to steal valor on Memorial Day, but I'll continue. I, on uh, the other hand, <laughs> my inbox yeah. is open. Matthias is wearing um, what's the camouflage uh, hat right there, stealing valor yeah. big time. My DMs are open for any stolen valor requests. <laughs> <laughs> Gina Haspel has been the uh, CIA director since February 2nd, 2017. Uh, that's when she became the acting CIA director. Uh, she was sworn in March 21st, 2018. Uh, she's most known for um, her Thailand uh, escapades where she was chief of a CIA black site and oversaw the torture. Um, her, CIA's uh, her CIA black site uh, nickname was Cat's Eye. Oh, that, that's also the site where you know Henry Kissinger caught that that disease. <laughs> yeah, and yes. um, she destroyed. Pay for it. She destroyed ninety-two interrogation videotapes, um, and uh, that was like a big hugabaloo that you know started a lot of you know uh, investigations and such. But now she's the uh, CIA director, and she's going to uh, continue wreaking havoc across the globe. Uh, Girl. Power. Uh, this power, is yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, first female CIA director, very important, very inspiring. Um so this is completely uh like I'm just speculating, but um I mean she's probably had a lot to do with like those uh blackouts in Venezuela and you know the regime change stuff going on with Juan Di Juan Guaido. So that's something that uh, we should uh, keep in mind. I would believe it 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. McFeminism, it's important. <laughs> I believe in uh, diversity of war criminals. That's why I love that we have uh, both a woman and a person of color as war criminals. Yeah. It's nice. Absolutely. A Muslim person of color. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I've yes. heard that in the intelligence community, she's been given the nickname of the godmother of torture. Oh, yeah, wow. she really did Thank pioneer God. it. Like she was one of the first Wait, so people. Does that mean? That, I'm I'm sorry. Does that mean that she and uh, Dick Cheney just like go at it? Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> 
that's why he has a Absolutely. it's actually the, the truth of why why he has a electronic cart now she uh she made his, his first one explode <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it was just too much she, yeah she was she was she was clipping battery car batteries <laughs> <laughs> another thing about gina haspel is she kind of represents the new guard of war criminals a lot of these people we have here are kind of like you know old school bush war criminals and um, gina haspel really is the next generation <laughs> I love how we have like different like classes and like oh god. Well, uh, our number six, our number six seed is Barack Obama. As we all know, he uh, served from 2009 to 2017 as the 44th president of the United States. And really, the the main reason why Obama's our first uh, Muslim president, our first Muslim president. That's right. The the really the main reason why he's in this bracket is uh, because of the way that he really like escalated and normalized the use of drone strikes. In military warfare, and you know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the use of military drones. Be- I mean, because they're used as a way to avoid sending in actual personnel, but they can be yeah. very imprecise and can result in a lot of collateral deaths, which are usually either ignored or just downplayed significantly. And not to mention, they're remote-controlled robots that fly around dropping bombs. You know, in case you didn't know, we live in the future, and it's a fucking nightmare. Um, so just just as one example, on October 14th, 2011, Abdul Rahman Anwar al-Awlaki, uh, who was an American 16-year-old of Yemeni descent, was eating dinner at an outdoor restaurant in Yemen when he was killed by a drone strike ordered by President Obama. Uh, his father alleged to be an operational leader of al-Qaeda, was killed in a drone strike two weeks earlier, which begs the question, why the fuck was this kid killed? Uh, You know, some some anonymous U.S. officials claimed that Abdul Rahman uh, wasn't the target, that he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, that the U.S. government did not know that uh, Mr. Awaki's son was there. Mistakes happen. You know, shit, shit happens, man. They were going for the restaurant, actually. Like, look, their their hummus is unacceptable. <laughs> Henry Kissinger ate there. Well, and Donald Trump finished the we job, right? He killed the uh, sister and the daughter, right? Oh, did he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, fuck. I didn't even He's know that. So we killed the entire family. That's like some That's Game of Thrones shit. Yeah. <laughs> Except instead of, like... House Alawaki. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right. Like, yeah, this is <laughs> the like, this, house bolt. The yeah, reigns of Alawaki. This is definitely some some Daenerys Targaryen shit. Just raining <laughs> raining fire from the sky. Yo, but that makes sense because uh the House Bolton people are totally fucking insane and so is John Bolton. That's right. Wow. He would he would absolutely like try and skin someone in Iran. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I definitely think he would. Thank you. That was very insightful what I just said. <laughs> 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 well, you know, um, here's the thing. Vox has reported that, according to the Obama administration's official numbers, the U.S. has killed 2,436 people in 700, uh, sorry, 473. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was only off by a few hundred. Okay, fuck off. 473 counterterrorism strikes in Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, and Libya between January 2009 and the end of 2015. Um of course, um, of those between 64 and 116 were non-combatants, you know, 
fucking civilians. Um, however, the you know the independent uh, nonprofit Bureau of Investigative Journalism, they they put the total number of people killed roughly at the same number, uh, but it's estimated, uh, but its estimate of how many of them were civilians is six times higher well, than the Obama administration. I wonder Doesn't why. The, uh, the Obama administration have like a thing, like basically if you're like a 16 year old male, um, <laughs> that gets hit by a drone, you're not a civilian. You're, you're technically what they, what they call an in enemy combatant. And mm -hmm. it basically means like, uh, you know, like you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. You right. shouldn't be there. Uh, you know, and if you are there, it means you're probably doing something wrong. So, right. Well, like with, with the, well, with the incident with, uh, Abdul Rahman. Like Nate Silver on his team, like they couldn't come up with better numbers. <laughs> 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 well, with, with, with the situation with Abdul Rahman, um, the White House press secretary at the time, Robert Gibbs, he deflected blame to Abdul Rahman's father, saying, quote, I would suggest that you should have a far more responsible father if they are truly concerned about the well-being of their children. I don't mm. think becoming an al-Qaeda jih uh, jihadist terrorist is the best way to go about doing your business. Well, what's your business? Because so, I mean, like, you know, I mean, if that's like, if that's where we draw the line, is like, your parents are war criminals, so now like you can be gone. Like, Meghan McCain, here we come. Oh, I was <laughs> just about to say the same <laughs> thing. What does like, a, a Syrian drone just knock out Meghan McCain? <laughs> I was like would, on the view, like live on the view. I was literally I thinking feel, the same thing. I would feel really bad for Joy Behar, but you know, some sacrifices have to be made. Enemy combat. There's, there's you know? going to be there's going to be collateral damage. Sometimes it's like five million Iraqi children sometimes it's joy Behart, and these the, you know who can tell which is worse no one there is no way to tell which is worse <laughs> well guys who wins this who wins this match as a gina haspel the godmother of torture or barack obama our first muslim president oh, this uh, is such a tough one i want to go with my boy barack i'm gonna just go i'm biased i'm going with uh, gina because i did all the research on her all right yeah, I, it's, it's, it's tough. But. I, I'm actually going to go with Gina. I, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. okay. All, right. All right. Ross? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Gina as well. All right. I'm going to go with Brock. So Gina Haspel advances to the next round. Uh, coming up in our next match, we've got our number 14 seed, George H.W. Bush, versus our number three, Donald Rumsfeld. Hello. Oh, d I'm doubling up this time. You huh? are, yeah. All right. So should I start with George H. W. Bush or uh, yeah. Donnie? Yeah. Go go with go with uh, H. W. <laughs> All right. Well, H. W. has a very long and uh, storied career. Hell yes. First, I'd like to start um, as his. He was a uh, director of the CIA for a year for uh, the Ford administration. Um, while he was uh, cool. operating the CIA, uh, he was. Uh, doing uh, operation condor which was the basically you know the whole plan of you know installing these right-wing dictatorships all across uh, central america so you know pinochet and the like etc um nice. as vp uh which he served in uh, 1981 through 1989 uh, a guided missile shot down Iran air flight 655, killing 290 passengers. Uh, George H.W. Bush is remembered for saying he would never apologize for the United States of America. Ever. I don't care what the facts are. 
<laughs> just completely worm of a human, complete worm of a human being. Okay. Um, so he also, uh, in the, the International Criminal Court, uh, the, the International uh, Court of Justice, uh, rather, ruled uh, U.S. support for uh, the Contras violated international law. You know, the Contras were just like the most awful uh, of people just like, you know, throwing babies up and catching them on their bayonets and shit. Mm-hmm. So that was in uh, Nicaragua. That was uh, Nicaragua for, versus the United States. And as president, uh, you know, just like um, the WMDs, his lead up to his Iraq war were the incubator babies. Do you guys remember yep. that? The incubator mm-hmm. babies mm-hmm. didn't exist. Um, they the 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 air uh, campaign in uh, the first Gulf War. Uh, there were eight eighty eight thousand five hundred tons of bombs dropped in Iraq and Kuwait, uh, or just Iraq, I think actually. Um, the, the the ground invasion and eventually went into uh, Kuwait. This bombing campaign killed over a hundred and eleven thousand people. And um, 70,000 children under 15 died as a result of this bombing campaign as well due to the lack of, like, medical facilities, medicine, um, clean water. And there was just, like, depleted uranium everywhere. So, really, uh, George H.W. Uh, Bush is just a vile human being, just one of the worst uh, figures in American history. And um, I think he deserves to burn in hell. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld is uh, very close. There's anyone in this bracket who doesn't deserve to burn in hell. <laughs> no, there isn't. There isn't. Um, Rumsfeld, the Secretary of Defense uh, from 2001 to 2006, was at, was so bad at being a defense secretary that he was forced to resign because of a general's revolt. All the generals said he was so stupid, couldn't do anything. Um, just to you know, explain and really get through how stupid he is, I actually have a. Uh, rather short email that he wrote to another really stupid, vile uh, human being, Doug Fife. Hell yes. <laughs> this is this is about as much thought as he puts into uh, geopolitics, guys. So here's the um, subject line is issues with various countries. <laughs> oh my god. We need more cor- corrosive diplomacy with respect to Syria and Libya. And we need it fast. If they mess up Iraq, it will delay bringing our troops home. We also need to solve the Pakistan problem. (laughs) And Korea doesn't seem to be going well. <laughs> really, are you, really cutting analysis there. Are you, coming, <laughs> are you coming up with proposals for me to send around? Thanks. <laughs> like, like, hey, just, this is just your shitty boss. Uh, you have anything? Any ideas about Korea? One of the I don't st- know what's going on. Could you tell me what's going on? <laughs> one of the stupidest people ever has been appointment uh, for uh, presidents such as uh, Nixon, Reagan. Um, dur- during the Ford administration, he uh, was briefly part of uh, Secretary of Defense as well. He really um, had a rivalry with uh, George H.W. Bush, as a matter of fact, so it's pretty fitting that they're paired up together. George H.W. was completely convinced that uh, Donald Rumsfeld was trying to push him out as CIA director at this time. And um, during the uh, Iraq War, he was also uh, bombastic towards Colin Powell. You know, Colin Powell was always trying to preach restraint, whereas Rumsfeld just wanted to go all gung-ho in uh, Iraq and 
Afghanistan. Um, According to uh, Opinion Research Business, which is a British polling service in 2018, a million Iraqis have died since the invasion in 2003. So just like uh, George H.W. Bush, Donald Rumsfeld has a lot of blood on his hands, maybe even more. Uh, But yeah. Well, a, a side note to that yeah. is that um, just the other day, an article was published about how there continues to be horrible, horrible human rights abuses and torture in Iraqi prisons. Oh, 100%. And there is no response whatsoever. So, you know. It, well, why, it, why it would there need to on. be a response? We, we gave them their freedom. Well, I mean, from their government either. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was Donald Rumsfeld who said that they would greet us as liberators as well. <laughs> Just <laughs> I love these people so much. No, he's he's Yo. such so, a soft-brained lunatic. Um, quite <laughs> frankly, uh, Papa Bush, though. I I think uh, I'm I'm going to go with Rumsfeld. I think that uh, quite frankly, and I should have mentioned this earlier, George W. Bush deserves to win for the photograph alone of him standing on that fucking aircraft carrier. (laughs) I have that saved on my phone and I use it so much. (laughs) Okay. Well, Zach, Zach's going with Papa Bush. Uh, who are you going with Matthias? Um, I got to do my boy, Donnie. All right. Yeah, um, I think I have to go with Donald Rumsfeld as well, just because uh, he was just so, like, at least, at the very least, George H.W. Bush was like, he actually cared about geopolitics. Uh, He was actually one of the first people, uh, he was the first uh, United States president to say the words Palestinian state. Um, And, you know, he... He was an evil son of a bitch, but just Rumsfeld is just so incompetent and just had all that power and just did just yeah. atrocities, war crimes. It would make sense that, like, in the Vice movie, he was played by uh, Steve, Steve Carell, Carell. Yeah. who was Michael Scott. Just, the complete, dude, complete, just made him, and it was accurate, too. He's just complete idiot. Yeah, and that's that. I'm also gonna go with Rumsfeld, and that's and it's also because he and you know learned learned this from the movie was you know how much of a mentor he was to Dick Cheney. Um, you know, I mean, Dick Cheney kind of followed Rumsfeld right. his whole career. So you add in that, I think it makes me even worse. No, yeah, they're they're the coalition. Of, they just don't believe in anything except for United States hegemony. You guys are making me want to change my vote to Donnie Dumbrain now. (laughs) (laughs) The Coalition of the Willing. Jesus. So, uh, this is our uh, penultimate uh, matchup of the first round, and we've got our number 10 seed, Elliot Abrams, versus uh, number 7, John Bolton. Also Super current. Yeah, Yeah, we got uh, two very relevant. I mean, that's the the thing about uh, both of these guys. They've been They've been on the they've they've been on the world stage for you know for quite a long time. They've and, been on that grind. Yeah, they've been on that grind, <laughs> and still to this day they are operating in some of the highest levels of government, which is terrifying. Elliot um, Abrams would be really offended you put him in the same boat as John Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, from 1981 to 1989, Elliot Abrams served as the Assistant Secretary of State for International uh, Organization Affairs, Assistant Secretary of State for Human Rights and Humanitarian Affairs. Yep, definitely uh, human rights. Making sure that they were being abused. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yes. yeah. Human uh, rights title. for uh, yeah. capital. Yeah. Uh, and Assistant Secretary of State for Inter-American Affairs, all under the Reagan administration. And, you know, it was during this time that uh, Human Rights Watch and other groups uh, were accusing him of covering up government atrocities done with U.S. backing, namely in El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala, uh, as well as the Contras in Nicaragua. Um I think Zach touched on it earlier in Guatemala. Abrams, he supported uh, dictator Efron Rios Montt, who was convicted of genocide against the Maya Itzil populations. Um, then there was the El Mazote massacre, where the El Salvadorian government killed hundreds of civilians, which Abrams helped to cover up. Uh, in 1991, he pleaded guilty to charges of withholding information from Congress related to the Iran-Contra scandal and was then pardoned by H.W. Bush the next year. And Real he, friends. Real friends, yeah. <laughs> How many of us? Um, he got his sentence though was like literally community service mm. i'm not fucking kidding it's like it was something like 30 hours or or i don't know maybe it was more than that but go it was pick, it was like, like pick up the bomb scraps <laughs> yeah it was like uh okay well um go volunteer somewhere and uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Go do a mission trip to a country you destroyed. <laughs> that's, that's like that is honestly the political version of going into a confessional and being like, I literally just raped and murdered someone, and they're like, Well, you know, um, it's gonna be like sixty Ave Marias at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Abrams, he went on to be appointed Assistant Secretary of State for Inter-American Affairs by W. Bush. And, of course, as we all know, is now serving as Donald Trump's special envoy to Venezuela. Because why the fuck not, right? <laughs> Pick the worst They're eating the rats, worst though, jobs. Ben. What? They're eating rats in Venezuela. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> He's going to stop them uh -huh. from eating rats. John Bolton is definitely going to save the Venezuelan people. Or, that's John Bolton. I'm sorry. Well, he, he Elliot Abrams. Yeah. Elliot, Elliot Abrams needs to protect the human rights of those rats. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when these kind of ghouls speak about By human rights. slaughtering these people th 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 that are just committing genocide against these rats. Well, rats look, <laughs> these, rats look these, out for one another, you know. The, yeah, one rat to another. No, but when they say human rights, they mean just right of enterprise, right of free enterprise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the only. This is the only fucking right they care about, and also only if you already have the money. Right. To. Well, that's it's what like, it is. It's like okay, yeah, free enterprise, but like, who's going to pay me to make sure that that happens? Like, yeah. Exactly. It's all. It's just a Ponzi scheme, really. Well, next up, we've got John Bolton. John Bolton. Yeah, so uh, current national security advisor to uh, Trump. Um, there is not a country that he doesn't advocate for regime change in. Uh, the list currently is Iran, Syria, Libya, Venezuela, Cuba, Yemen, and North Korea. Um, he was the architect of the Iraq War, and uh, despite, like, I mean, like, the architect? Uh, he's like one of the. Yeah, he's known as the architect of really? the Iraq War. Yeah, like that's like the, uh, like the nickname. Like when when uh, when I looked up like some of the things that he's known for, that was a, 
a, a nickname that came up for him. Um, and uh, he he still supports the Iraq War all these years later, and he still thinks it's um, a uh, good decision. In fact, he said the only thing that he would have changed is he would have gotten out uh, many years sooner and just handed them a copy of the Federalist Papers and said, here you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for allowing me to hear that sentence. <laughs> um, he supported the Vietnam War, but uh, dodged the draft anyhow. So that's an interesting Smart thing. Smart kid. Yeah, he's like, uh, I, uh, I, gonna... I supported the war, but I didn't support the people that were running it. Because if I... Or if people, what the fuck is that? If, if people... Uh, it means he would have gone harder. Well, he, he thought that um, uh, John F. Kennedy was uh, going too soft, and uh, and uh, as, as well as uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. So his thing was, if 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 a, if a Lyndon true Lyndon B. Republican, Johnson was not soft. I know. Well, to Bolton, you know. Lyndon B. Johnson was not soft during a single second of his presidency. <laughs> Jumbo is always hard. <laughs> Jumbo is always ready. Um, but yeah, he, he, his his uh, his belief was that. Uh, if, if a uh, Republican were in charge uh, during the Vietnam War, that it would have been over by the time that he had been drafted. So that was his reasoning. <laughs> that was his reasoning for skipping the draft. Is he thought it was managed mis- uh, mishandling. He didn't want to go over there and die. Um, like, well, I mean, they're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was uh, so he was the Under Secretary of State um, underneath uh, Reagan, uh, which was uh, really interesting. This is like not too. This is like a thing. Um, so obviously uh, Reagan's uh, semi known for um, Japanese reparations uh, for internment um, trying to like make up for uh, previous war crimes the United States has committed and John Bolton was apparently pissed about this and like almost resigned from the administration over the Japanese reparations. This reminds me actually of on Chapo when they were talking about Glenn Beck getting furious that like the the like the bathrooms or the dressing room signs had like braille underneath <laughs> and he was apparently he was furious that they would do that that like that, that uh, people other than him should be taken into consideration and that's like exactly what that is like it's like yeah. you're you're going to you're going to do something good i i can't stand behind this i can't stand behind this um, he is um, most lo- uh, most known for um, the lies of mass destruction in Iraq, um, which uh, I kind of already knew about. But here's something I didn't know about: um, in 2000, um, I think it was like four or five, um, he was at like some conference uh, and he um, was talking about how we needed to get rid of weapons of mass destruction, not in Iraq, but in fucking Cuba. Like he was, what? In, yeah. He apparently was in, he was trying to push this idea that there was uh, weapons of mass destruction in Cuba in like uh, the mid 2000 like 2004 2005 um and uh yeah i mean <laughs> that that was they like even like people within the administration were like, "Whoa, we just got proved wrong on Iraq. Slow down, there, Bolton." <laughs> um, he, he's, but he, he like, found a letter in a bottle from like when it was like the missile crisis. He's like, "Oh my gosh, we have to do something about this." Bolton truly is just like a fine example of like mediocrity and failing up. Just because like the Bush administration, like the Bush administration, like sent him to like the UN because they didn't want to deal with this bullshit, and then uh, now he's just. Uh, you know, the top uh, 
security advisor of the United States. Yeah, his his first address um, as national security advisor uh, was to criticize the ICC, the International Criminal Court. Um, which oh yeah, we'll yeah. invade that bitch. Let's go. So and where's uh, your army? Poland's <laughs> like, we'll invade that bitch, no problem. Well, I mean, his, his, who's who's their president? We're, we're going to take out the regime change. Well, his uh, his his exact quote in in response to um, like uh, what is wrong with the International Criminal Court. Is, he said it's a, a threat to American sovereignty and uh, U.S. national security, which is like what everyone like says when they want to go to war with something. Like some, this is like literally the organization that holds war criminals responsible. So I found that uh, very. Um, I interesting. mean, Congress passed it too. It's not just John Bolton. Like. Mm-hmm. That is like literally the argument for Brexit too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, well, the the EU, it, it, you know, our sovereignty. Mm-hmm. How yeah. are we going to be sovereign? <sighs> Oh, gee, it's not tough. gonna matter when your economy's in the it, dirt. It, it's gonna it's gonna suck when you don't have a deal. <laughs> um, he's uh, already requested plans to strike uh, Iran from the Pentagon as national security advisor, uh, and he supports a group in um, Iran called the MEK, uh, aka the People's Jihadist, and uh, they <laughs> are uh, <laughs> they are a like. Uh, Apparently, like, they're a terrorist group, um, which is, this is, like, what I find, like, most, like, odd about it is that they are, like, a uh, leftist militant group, but they're opposed to the current administration. They're, they were leftist, like, they're not leftist anymore. They're not, like, leftist. Like, they were leftist in, like, their big, in the beginning incarnation of it, and in, literally, like, Eventually, they just became like so crazy. They like fought with Iraq during the Iraq Iran War. Yeah, yeah. They, like they were they were leftists who were purged during the Iranian lev- Revolution. Yes, but they're not that way. They're anymore. not that way anymore. No, but the, like that's like the roots. But like um, they have paid anymore. him to come there and uh, give uh, speeches and things like that. Oh yeah, know. they got a lot of money in the um, states. So, um, yeah, he has no problems. And, and, and the thing is, is this, this group is, um, deemed like a terrorist group by the, uh, Department of Defense. So it's like, he has no problems, like, associating with. Are like, they still on there or were they quote. taken off? Um, from what I read, they're still on there. Um, but, uh, he, yeah, so he has no problem supporting, uh, them when, uh, it means, like, a lot of U.S. Congress people do. Um, you know, the people that fled Iran when the Shah left were largely people, and this is this is just like Cuba, largely people who had a shitload of money and did not want it to go away. Um, you know, I'm not saying that there weren't, like, bad things that happened, because there obviously were, but, you know, I mean, when you look at, like, the Bay of Pigs, the Bay of Pigs was able to happen because you had all these, like, rich expats from Cuba that were like, yeah, we will absolutely fund this idiotic attempted invasion. Please mm. do this. Yeah. Um, oh, and one more last thing. This was in, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but you remember that uh, tell-all book on Trump that came out uh, in 2017? You're talking about the Woodward one? Fire, yeah. Fire and Fury. Yeah, so this is apparently from uh, Fire and Fury. Um, Trump was going to pick uh, John Bolton uh, originally as his, uh, his national security advisor, um, but the reason that he didn't go with him is literally because of his mustache. <laughs> well, you know why John Bolton keeps the mustache, Wait, right? Yeah. Why? It's because uh, he's a big fan of uh, giving cuddlingus. Are you serious? 
I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> just, it, it's, just, I've, useful, I've heard that man. it's. I've heard that it's because uh, because yeah, the mustache I, is autonomous. And it's, it's the mustache is actually the one calling the shots. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's 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 true. like Ratatouille, but instead of being in his hat, it's in the mustache. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really want to believe that that's true. And honestly, would totally fit into my theory that these are all just like insanely sexually repressed people. Oh, that's for sure. No, I mean that's the uh, the, the, the you know all these people are fucking evil as hell, like evil as sin. These are all people who are like the fucking apple from the Garden of Eden that is damning everyone to hell. They're boring as fuck. They still talk about fax machines, and, uh, you know, they're all just constantly thinking about the weirdest sex possible <laughs> uh, and how they can't have it because God will hate them. Well, who wins Who wins this match, guys? Is it Elliot Abrams or is it John the Mustache Bolton? Uh, Bolton. I'm going Abrams. John Bolton. I'm going to go Bolton. All right, well, Bolton advances to well, the next round. All I have to say is, uh, Elliot Abrams, thank you for your participation. <laughs> <laughs> you tried, bud. <laughs> All right, so we're down to our final matchup of the first round. Thank we've God. Got, <laughs> I know. We've got our number 15 seed, <laughs> William L. Calley Jr. versus our number two seed, Mr. Dick Cheney. Now, uh, William Callie Jr. Huh? Who is that? Yeah. Who, who, who's Dick Cheney? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll no, get to I'm it. kidding. Who is, who is this junior guy? You will learn. So, I, um, I want to. <laughs> William, uh, William Callie Jr., uh, serving from 1967 to 1971, uh, was a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army, comban- commanding a platoon in the 23rd Infantry Division during the Vietnam War. Um, we we made reference to this earlier. Uh, on the morning of March 16th, 1968, around 100 soldiers in Cali's company went into a small village in South Vietnam called uh, My Lai. And under the orders of Callie and Captain Ernest Medina, they raped and slaughtered up to 500 unarmed civilians, which were mostly women, children, infants, and the elderly. Uh, U.S. soldiers rounded them up, threw them into ditches, and fired on them with machine guns and grenade launchers. Uh, in Jesus the, fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. In the subsequent trial, uh, Private First Class Dennis Conti, who was a witness for the prosecution, said in his testimony, quote, a lot of women had thrown themselves on top of the children to protect them. And the yeah. children were alive at first. Then the children who were old enough to walk got up and uh, Callie began to shoot the children. Holy shit. Yeah. Now, there were 26 officers and soldiers who were charged for their role in the massacre, but Callie was actually the only one who was convicted of anything. Uh, he was sentenced to life at Fort Leavenworth, uh, but due to massive public pressure from people who thought he was being treated too harshly, including both George Wallace and Jimmy Carter. Oh, George Wallace, who uh, who, who who we love. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Segregation now, segregation today. Segregation also, fuck forever. Jimmy, though. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, well, due to massive amounts of public pressure, uh, President Nixon ordered him transferred from Leavenworth to house arrest, where he stayed for three and a half years before being released on bail. For, we're, we're, we need to put this man in somewhere humane, like a house arrest at the Four Seasons yeah. in the, uh, the you know, penthouse suite. <laughs> 
I think they. Uh, I think he was uh, was sent to another military. No, um, another military. He was sent to Al Capone's first jails. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Callie is still alive today. He's 75 years old. And in August 2009, he issued a public apology. Uh, he says, there is not a day that goes by that I do not feel remorse for what happened that day in My Lai. I feel remorse for the Vietnamese who were killed, for their families, for the American soldiers involved, and their families. I am very sorry. For the sorry. American what soldiers involved. Yeah. It must be great he to feels, He feels remorse for the American soldiers involved. Yeah, so, I mean, it's nice to see it, it that some be, stories have a happy ending. It mm. must be hard to... To feel guilty about you know slaughtering children, um, it, yeah. yeah. Well, it took him. It took him until two thousand nine. Until two thousand nine, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, it must be nice to actually be able to feel remorse for something because you know you're still fucking alive. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just like uh, man, I, I like you know like when I like looked at the list and I was like, man, Callie versus Dick Cheney, this is gonna be this is gonna be a wash, but man, Callie comes in swinging or really shooting, does. I should say. You know, for yes. painting for painting reference, I collect a lot of books of like old war photography, and I have a a couple in this series of Vietnam like time life photos, and there are photos because there was like a photographer at Mi Lai. And mm-hmm. I think that that might have been one or the guy who was like the uh, the witness. Yeah, it is so fucked up. No, it's you know, horrifying. Like what, I, I mean, when I was reading about it, there were plenty of pictures and the the thing that was so disturbing is like the thing about the children mm-hmm. and like there's this photograph of these two kids like you know because one of them is like oh you know get down and then they shoot him on the ground anyways. Yeah, no one one of the photos that I'd seen was a woman who was sobbing buttoning up her blouse as she had just been assaulted yeah um and like the photo was taken like literally just a couple seconds before, before she shot, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah 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 no just like yeah i mean me, me Lai was definitely the most infamous uh massacre of the entire vietnam war and uh cali was instrumental to its perpetration so now you know who cali is yeah, now we all know. <laughs> I say he's a very appropriate opponent of Dick Cheney. Like, <laughs> Well, moving on to Dick Cheney. Uh, he is the 46th Vice President of the United States, serving under George W. Bush. He was the Secretary of Defense under H.W. And one of the key architects of the global war on terror and all of its dead. Uh, he oversaw Desert Storm. Um, uh, as the Vice President, he... Help push the narrative of linking Saddam Hussein to Al-Qaeda as early as September 2001, despite intelligence resources stating there was no evidence. Uh, in conjunction with this, uh, Cheney furthered his desire to misalign intelligence by having CIA deskies send raw intelligence to his office instead of and or before analysis within the intelligence community. Um, his ability to subvert this structure was a large part of why Americans to this day hold misinformation regarding uh, the Middle East as fact. Uh, in 2008, he admitted that he was instrumental in beginning waterboarding, waterboarding as a U.S. practice. Um, he was convicted of war crimes in, in abstentia along with W. Bush, uh, Rumsfeld, and four others by the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Commission in Malaysia. Uh, and of course, we all know he was the CEO of Hal Burton. 
1995 to 2000 and directly made defense contracts with this company and the U.S. government to the tune of billions of dollars. He was going to get a good deal, dude. Yeah, great deal. Get us a good deal. So wholesale. Yeah, (laughs) billions made, millions dead. Uh, One of the one of the fascinating things, and I guess like almost. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Things about, about Dick Cheney is that he, the way he really seems to like relish in his like persona as like a fucking villain. Like he seems to like really enjoy that everyone hates him. Dude, he signed a waterboard. Did you see that with Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen literally got him to sign a waterboard. Well, he was yes. like, he, did you guys see, in case you guys haven't heard, like, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is like, um, disguised as, a. Israeli like paramilitary dude and um he's like oh yes please sign my waterboard yeah and then he does huge thing yeah he's like oh I've never signed one of these before uh my favorite part of that interview though is when he is like um you know I as an Israel as a Mossad agent I have uh oh I'm not in Mossad um I I have murdered uh you know like uh many terrorists um like, how does it feel to be, uh, you know, uh, the the architect behind, you know, uh, you know, killing like thousands of terrorists and you know, twenty thousand potential terrorists, <laughs> <laughs> potential terrorists, yeah, yeah, um, and he's like, well, you know, no, 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 like just a totally normal answer. Sounds tough for me. I think I don't know. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to decide who, because like on the one hand you have somebody who like this is like one of those instances we were talking about earlier. How you have like the people that are um, actually like guilty of doing the said war crimes, and you have the people directing them. And this is like definitely like a you know hands on yeah versus like hands off kind of thing. And uh, I think because like I mean Gallagher obviously was pretty bad, but uh, I think that's like the the. Uh, the uh, Miley Massacre just makes it look like it's you know night and day in comparison of like the the crimes committed. Um, so I don't know. This is, this is gonna be a tough one. Um, I'm gonna go with Dick Cheney. Um, against my gut instinct because you know it's like it, it's very easy to um you know there's that very famous quote from all quiet on the western front that everyone says stalin said but he didn't like you know the death of one man is a tragedy the death of two million is a statistic Mm -hmm. um and that's that's really true especially you know in this situation where you do see like you know we are looking very closely at a horrific atrocity that happened and you know seeing like pictures of people who died helps make that real when we talk about dick cheney when and when we talk about george bush and you know alan dulles and all these people there aren't people associated with it there you know it's like it's like policy and like it's like oh okay like, you know like a hundred thousand people died here a hundred thousand people died here you know it's like it's very much just numbers, but, you know, I can only imagine how many me like moments happened in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, given what we know about uh, 
you know, the silence that permeates the ranks of the troops in terms of their uh, behavior. I, I don't think that it's unreasonable to speculate at all. No. I mean, we don't have to. There's there's plenty of um, accounted for atrocities that have happened. So. Well, Matthias is in for Dick Cheney. How about, uh, how about you, Alex? Have we been chalk this entire time? Has well, it just been the higher seed one every time? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Hang on. Because I'll vote uh, for uh, Gallagher. If, or is it Gallagher or Callie? Callie. Or I'll vote for Callie if uh, we haven't if we've gone chalk like the entire time. I think we have. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm gonna vote for uh, Callie. Oh, actually no. Uh, Gina Haspel beat out Barack Obama. Oh hell yeah. Okay, never never mind. Then I get to uh, vote for Dick Cheney. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll go with Cheney too. Just the, the scope of his activities. Yeah, Matias convinced me. I'm going with the cyborg. Um, you know what is one thing that is actually very funny about Dick Cheney what? is how he was able legally to demonstrate that he was not part of the executive branch and not part of the legislative branch, but also had power. In both of them? Yes. The unitary executive uh, yes. theory. Yeah. Oh, he was... Dude. Yeah. It, and actually... Tyler shot a man in the face. There's that, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's but, a, but that, he was... And how is he's he just a shit shot. He, he's just a bad shot. How many Power fucking flex. heart attacks did he have? Who knows? Three, ten, Jesus uh, a Christ. Dozen. I wish I wish that we had people that were I mean, you know, allow me to clarify, but like Dick Cheney in the sense that like when liberals get power, they're all, oh my gosh, you know, like we don't want to force through these bills. Like what if no one likes us? What if people think that we're being mean? It's like when Dick Cheney and Mitch McConnell get power, they're like, yeah, we do not give a shit if you think that we are the most evil people in the world. You know, we're going we to are. do this. And they do their fucking thing. And, uh, you know. Yeah, and it's because, you know, evil people don't have any shame. Um, Something admirable about it. No, not really. <laughs> so now we got the second round. So now that we're familiar with all these people, right. we should go uh, It should fast. go pretty quickly. So that, dear listeners, completes round one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> advancing to the quarterfinals, we have Henry Kissinger, George Tenet, Robert McNamara, Alan Dulles, Gina Haspel, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, John Bolton, and Dick Cheney. It should be an interesting second round. I, I think it should be. Uh, moving on to the first matchup of the quarterfinals, we have Henry Kissinger versus George Tennant. Kissinger. Yeah, I'm yeah Kissinger. I, I think yeah, Chalk. Chalk. K-Dog. Yeah. Kissinger is definitely Duke. Like, that's just no question. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, next up, we've got Robert McNamara versus Alan Dulles. I think I'm going Dulles. I'm going Dulles. Dulles. Yeah. 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 McNamara learned from Dulles. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. All right, now Although we've got that. That fucking haircut is a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the red flag. Yes. Uh, next up, we've got Gina Haspel versus Donald Rumsfeld. 
Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld. I'm going Gina Haspel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going girl power here. Oh, shit. Now I have to actually break a tie here. Yeah, Yeah. dude. Girl power. Right. (sighs) I believe... And, you know, like... One million Iraqis. Well, that's true. But, I mean, she was she was pretty instrumental in, like, the torture, you know? And she's, like... Uh, uh, I can't remember. I think it was you that said, like, you know, she's, like, the new age. She's a newcomer. So, no, like, she is. She's, yeah. you know, like, Rumsfeld is, like, the past, and he's done a lot of things. But, you know, she's got a lot of room to grow. I, I do I do agree with that. She does have a long career ahead of her. I mean, war crimes. Yeah, Venezuela, Iran are, are just around the corner. I, I, I am I am gonna go with Gina on this one because Ooh. I I find I find her much more terrifying than Upset I'm, so. alert. <laughs> Whoa. All right, and the last matchup in our quarterfinals we have John Bolton versus Dick Cheney. Ooh. That's a nice uh pairing, but uh Dick Cheney's gonna definitely take that one for me. Yeah, I'm going with Dick. See, I wish it was Ali Abrams over Dick Cheney. So, yeah, Dick Cheney. All right. Well, then uh, that completes the quarterfinals. Were you uh, of a different persuasion there? You kind of seem like you're uh, on, the, on the fence there. I, I was very much on the fence because you're essentially saying, like, oh, what's worse, the people that started the Iraq war or the people that were like, oh, I am going to make a shitload of money off of this? Um, <laughs> the grifting class. And and they're both really awful. They're yeah. both really awful. Bolton does have like the, the uh, one, like kind of like the Gina Haspel thing. Like he's, you know, national security advisor right now, so he's still... Yeah, Not but honestly, Dick, Cheney, honestly probably, yeah. Dick Cheney is like just next level shit. Like we, we have not had... We have experienced in this administration nothing close to the level that Dick Cheney and George W. Bush yeah, I mean, inflicted that was like a, on the world. I guess uh, he's a, yeah, it, a, it was like a well-oiled machine, you know, and they were getting the oil from Iraq. So very well. So, yeah. <laughs> so was so was Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah. Dick Cheney is <laughs> Dick Cheney is Bertie Madoff, and uh, uh, John Bolton is that guy who does direct marketing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. All I right. would love to see so, these people wh- running a pyramid scheme. <laughs> well, they do. L- well, I mean, yeah, but like you know, like trying to sell you—that's what like the a, regime change project is—a sh- <laughs> timeshare. Like go- <laughs> going to Saddam Hussein. Look, don't you want to be president somewhere else? That's for like what they three did with Gaddafi, the though. They were like, "Hey, be cool with us, man," and then they still took him out. That's yeah. what that is. Gaddafi. Is awesome. Gaddafi was he gets a bad rap. He 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 went off. He really went off with the Sun Ra outfit all the time. <laughs> so we got the quarterfinals now it, uh, or semi semifinals. Yeah, we got Kissinger versus Dulles. Ooh, that is very hard. This is an OG matchup. This is Duke versus North Carolina. Yeah, I was about to say. I was about to make that, that comparison earlier. I was like, if 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 he's Duke, then then Dallas is definitely the Tar Heels for sure. This is like, do you like Biggie and Tupac or oh. like Kanye and you know like? new people who matter um, <laughs> yeah. which, which you know i'm totally objective about and don't have a side in um oh man i'm gonna go with alan dulles because you know shout out to a real one i'm a i'm a i'm a follow that with the dulles as well because like you know he really he really he you know it's like it goes back to like that um uh the quote from uh 
uh, Newton, you know, I stay, I, I, the only reason I'm great is because I'm paraphrasing here, but the only reason I'm great on the uh, giant, uh, the shoulders of giants, and uh, and Dulles is definitely one of those giants. Like he he gave way to what the CIA is now and uh, pushed the envelope. We are all standing ever. on his shoulders. Yeah. So yeah. are you winning Dulles, Zach? Yeah, I'm going with Dulles, actually, on this one. I'm going to... You know, honestly, over. the reason that I'm going with Dulles, because I think they're pretty pretty evenly horrible um, in terms of, like, the ripple effect that they have both had. And Kissinger is just more recent, and I feel like he's the obvious choice, so I'm going with... The uh, the other. Also, I'm I'm convinced that uh, Operation Northwoods uh, never really went away. I'll just play that. Sandy Hook. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> We're really demonetized now. <laughs> so uh, what do we got, Ross? Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with Dulles. Um. Wow. I think. That, <laughs> yeah. No, I think. Yeah, being the first CIA director in all of the, yeah, just the long list of coups that, yeah, I mean, I don't think Dulles did, like, I think the difference for me is that Dulles, I don't think, did, like, literally anything good his entire career. And Kissinger, y- you can point to a couple things that he, uh, like, he was, you know, when he was dealing directly with the Soviet Union was less confrontational than some other people were. Um, and at least there's a, f- a couple of things that, you know, that you can talk about. Dulles, I don't think, did ever did a single good thing. It, you know, it was only bad, completely, 100%. So and and bad. is behind our situation with Iraq, or Iran, which looks like yeah. it is going to spill over into the better part of this century, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, we just knocked out our number one seed. Upset. <laughs> I don't think anyone saw that coming. No. <laughs> I ex- I expected it. I expected to make. I expected him to make it to the finals. But. Oh, same. All right. Well, um, Gina Haspel versus Dick Cheney. Um, I'm gonna go with Dick Cheney. Yeah, Dick Cheney. Yeah, I think Dick Cheney is definitely. Um, if he's if he's out or if Kissinger's out, I think I'm, Dick Cheney's my favorite. Yeah, okay, Dick Cheney. Yeah. And wow, guys, uh, we're at the finals now. Uh, number four, Alan Dulles, and number two, Dick Cheney. I want to write in Bernie Sanders. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, but actually, I do want to give a shout out to um, uh, what's his name, Hoover. Who was the? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Herbert Hoover, uh, uh, FBI. Yes, domestic. The, uh... the the FBI director for literally fifty years, who pretty much did the exact same shit, but to the Black Panthers, and mm-hmm. you know, just like probably was involved with getting Martin Luther King killed, and I probably guess... was involved with getting you know JFK killed. While we're doing um... with Ted Cruz's dad. <laughs> While we're doing honorable mentions, uh, I want to honorable mention John McCain's ghost. <laughs> yeah, where's John McCain? Thank you for your, thank you for your service. Right. Uh, what, he's, he, he, his war crime is continuously crashing into the same village? Oh, his, my God. <laughs> his war crime is giving birth to Megan McCain. Yeah. 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 My we father. are inflicted with torture. Can <laughs> All right, so um, we're at the final matchup, guys. Where, where are we going with this? 
Oh, this is such a hard one. Because, like, the one was, like, very, like, obviously, like, old and, like, you know, like, it's, like, the, like, you know, like, the OG and, uh, like, kind of, like, set the stage. And then, uh, Dick Cheney is just, like, like you had mentioned, like, we haven't really seen that, like, use of power by, like, anyone in the government within, like, modern history almost. Like, I mean, unparalleled use of, uh, U.S. power to, you know, go to war and blow up countries and murder people and get away with all of it without having to face any consequences or any scrutiny or any of that. So I don't know. That's a tough, that's a tough one for me. I'm going to go with Dick Cheney. And the reason is because I think that, um, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know much about Dulles, but Cheney, it seems like everything that he did was motivated by personal greed and animosity um and you know that's just in a way it's more understandable than like the the idea of like making sure that democracy you know like oh we need to we need to stop democracy from or, or we we need to stop um you know communism from going into these democratic countries or whatever you know, I I respect someone who is totally insane and ideological, um, but the more human person is Dick Cheney because he's selfish, and and I think that that's more evil. I really do. Yeah, I mean, um... actually, I don't know. I don't know. This is hard. This is really hard. Yeah, we we definitely we definitely have to assess yeah. the choice here. It's definitely honestly very difficult. And to burst your bubble a little bit, um, United Fruit Company, which had a huge, yeah. uh, he was a board member and uh, had no problem going in and doing the uh, regime change in order to grow his own wealth. So you know, I'm. They all have like it's it's. I don't think for any of them it's ever like fully ideological uh, or fully greed. I think it's just like some combination of. of both. Well, I think I think Blade had some ideological convictions. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, adults. Yeah, that's that is my final answer. Uh, you know, I'm going with the man who pretty much created the world post World War II. Yeah, which you know, is like laid the groundwork for pretty much yeah, all of the everything that we are dealing with now. Is because of him. Yeah, from the Central America and problems. And no one else. Middle East and... There is no one else who is responsible for imperialism. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's, yeah, looking at it, you know, from a historical perspective, it's like, you know, the U.S. really was not a major imperial power until, you know, Post, post like World War Two is really when this you know took off, and so people who were involved like in that that time period of like really getting that underway and like really shaping what the U.S. was going to be doing you know throughout the Cold War and into the 21st century, I feel like those people sort of are in a league of of their own in terms of history, and and I, that's why I would I think I'm gonna have to go with Dulles on this one. I think you guys are all right that, you know, Dulles really created, you know, this world order that is, yeah, United States hegemony, but the new world Dick Cheney really took it to another level. Like, that dude just, like, just put it in overdrive, uh, completely just, like, en- enriched himself off the Iraq war big time, you know, through Halliburton, and uh, maybe it's recency bias, but I, I don't know, I just... I just think that um, there's probably more of a 
de- like death count even on uh, Dick Cheney than Dulles. Um. Well, I was just thinking about another another interesting fact we uncovered about uh, Dulles that Actually, uh, is interesting. Uh, he uh, when he was the director of the CIA, um, the McCarthy uh, McCarthyism that like took hold uh, was in large part uh, because of him, yeah. and he used it in a very interesting way. So um, he, uh, I'm switching his, my vote. His office was. You uh, said you said that your vote was final. No. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. Keep, keep, uh, keep talking, Zach. I'm switching it to George W. Bush. Oh, uh, shut no. the fuck up. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm switching to Cheney. Um, but he said that uh, he, he used the office in a very uh, interesting way. So he took um, – so there was, like, more – people that were, like, to the left of him in the CIA. He uh, was later found out that he was taking uh, evidence and planting it in McCarthy's office on some of the people that he had worked with in the CIA um, and to have them removed um, to try to get the CIA on a – because he was having, like, uh, problems, like, like Bay of Pigs is one of the things that, uh, you know, was highly, like, he wasn't able to do it until get after he got... Get these pigs out of here. He, yeah, he, he wasn't able to basically get a lot of the actions that he wanted in place until he removed a number of the, uh, his opposition uh, within the CIA. So, I'm going with Dallas. I think you got to do the uh, split. Yeah, yeah oh that's God. that's why I'm changing my vote, actually, is to make yeah. your... Just, like, just, to, put, just to put Ben yeah. in the uh, spot. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, my heart is forever with George W. Bush, my cocaine cowboy. <laughs> Rest in power. So what does our fabulous host think? Who is the war criminal of the modern era? I am not a crook. <laughs> I think I think uh, that we did a great job with this. And which either decision you make, Ben, as uh, the fearless leader... Is good enough. Yeah, when you when you press the end war crimes button, it's going to be so <laughs> awesome when you get rid of either the first or half uh, of all of war crimes for this century. I think that he will be less remembered, if if not entirely forgotten. But I think Alan Dulles probably will have the largest and lasting effect on the world. Uh, through what he did, so I'm I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, you know when you take when you take the historical record into account, it actually does change things quite a lot, and and it really does actually put the you know the other big question that we were talking about is like you know is it worse to pull the trigger and like blow off a child's head or to over to indirectly extremely indirectly oversee all of these things happening. Um, and like, you know, the more you want to zoom out, the more clear it is that like, you know, there it's, it's more than, it's more than just the people that are being shot at that moment there, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is going to be generations of warfare. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, when you look at a lot of the, uh, war crimes that were committed and things like that, like, you know, you look at, uh, some of the things in like Cambodia or, um, even, uh, down in like Guatemala and things like that. The, while the, the initial like war crimes and, um, regime chains and things like that had like a, a huge impact. It was after the fact, it was the aftermath that uh, even worse atrocities, uh, came to be, um, you know, with like Pol Pot and the Guatemalan, uh, uh, the Mayan um, 
Holocaust and things like that. So like there, uh, or in like Chile and things like that. So it's like, it's always like the, there's like, there's the immediate effects where like, you know, you go in and you actually get rid of the democratic elected leaders and then the aftermath, which is just devastating. And that's why I think we're being way too unfair to Chris Kyle, because, you know, I mean, he didn't like, he was just following orders. <laughs> that's what we learned from the Nuremberg trials is if you just follow orders, you'll be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it? <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. The American most successful at orchestrating death and destruction. The winner of our terror and torment tournament. We have uh, Alan Dulles. For further reading, I would recommend uh, The Banality of Evil mm, about... Yes. Yeah. About um, the the trial of Adolf Eichmann in Jerusalem by... Um, fuck. It was Hannah Arendt, right? Yes. Hannah Arendt. Yeah. Uh, Adolf Eichmann, The Banality of Evil. Eichmann, one of the chief... Uh, executioners of the final solution plan mm-hmm. all right i'll link to that in the show notes very well, this, boring people uh this this is uh literally the longest episode we've ever taped um we're, we're waterboarding the office <laughs> we are we are over two hours in now um jesus christ if you're still here thanks thank you <laughs> it's been thank a blast you. i hope you learned a thank lot you. i certainly did Thank you for your service. <laughs> today I learned America is trash. Oh, you just learned that today? Ah, uh, well, I relearned it. It's something new every day, you know? Yeah. It's like you go back and this time it's like, oh, I didn't notice that guy getting electrocuted by his balls. <laughs> Weird. Just in the background. All right, well, it's time to sign off. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for being here. Thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Matthias Brimmer. Alex Sahori. Ross Fisher. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Generals gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Bye.